The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiniest Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show Season 2, where we talk about some movies and read some fiction. If you want to go ahead and get a hold of the show, you can always contact me at Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook or Aaron Horror Show on Twitter or Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Aaron's Christmas Show. This is Jing. We got your host, Aaron, tied up in the back. I hope you don't have a problem with that. I kind of want to take this time to talk about my favorite Christmas movie. My favorite Christmas movie actually just came out this year. It stars Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell, he's my favorite. He played Snake Plissken. I kind of sound like Snake Plissken, don't I? Escape from L.A., remember that? Yeah, Kurt Russell. You know you love him. Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, that's Kurt Russell. Anyways, he's in a Christmas movie. He plays Santa. Except he's not your average Santa. He's your badass Santa. That's right, Christmas Chronicles. It's about these two kids that screw up Christmas. Sounds pretty familiar, right? I had two kids screw up my Christmas. At least that's what you're going to hear about in this next chapter coming up. Which, uh, I think maybe I'll untie your host to read this next chapter. But, you know... Before I do that, I just gotta tell you, you gotta watch the Christmas Chronicles. There's like a car chase in there. I like car chases. There's also reindeer, police, presents, elves. It's got it all. Kind of like my book. Kind of like Christmas Elf, Secret Agent. Starring me. That's right. Me, Jing. Yeah. Anyways, let's hear more Christmas Elf, Secret Agent. Kolachki. Yes? But I go wake up the host. Oh, oh, okay, guys, okay, okay. I'll read the next chapter. Chestnuts roasting over an open fire. Elijah slammed the elves onto the carpet in his room. When the kid's torso was firmly stuffed in the closet digging for something, Al let out a groan and said, I'm too old for this. While Jing was a little banged up from the child's mistreatment, he had experienced far worse. 
A rogue toy manufacturer had captured Jing and pulled out all his toenails. They had tried to saw off his fingers next and had gotten to the bone before an escape plan had presented itself. He was lucky that he was able to free his other hand and had stabbed the guy with his own knife. So we report the behavior as naughty and get him on the list. Then we could hide from him and just focus on his sister, Jing said as he pulled out his tablet. Al placed his hand on Jing's and said, why don't you just give the kid another chance? Uh, I mean, it's, it is Christmas. Aha, uh -huh, Elijah said and emerged triumphantly from the closet. Jing barely had enough time to put away his tablet. The kid waved an object above his head and dragged a trash can to the center of the room. Once Jing had gotten a good look at what the child was parading around the place, he knew they were in trouble. The little snot had a lighter. The boy tore off some paper from a spiral notebook and crumpled it and tossed it into the wastebasket. Al's eyes went wide when Elijah had grabbed him and shoved him into the can. The rascal wasn't out of tricks because he pulled the lighter fluid from the stash next and doused Al with it. While the kid flicked the lighter, Jing moved to incapacitate the child. Al shook his head slowly. The strange request was enough to give Jing pause. The moment was all the boy needed to lower the open flame towards the crinkled papers that surrounded Al. The elf burst into flame as Elijah circled the can, waving the lighter with mad glee in his eyes. Al yelled in pain, and the kid jumped back, confused by the noise. Jing sprung into action, snuck behind the human, and grabbed the child by the neck. He put the boy in a sleeper hold and held on until the youth lost consciousness. Elijah dropped to the floor with a loud thud, and the SEF dashed towards the fire. Al was ablaze and writhed in pain. Jing looked around for something to douse the flame. He tore the bedsheets off the twin bed and smothered the fire. The room was filled with smoke. By the time fire was out, Al was in bad shape. His skin was blackened. One eye was covered entirely in burnt flesh. The old elf coughed and wheezed. Jing scooped the burn victim up and said, don't worry, I'll get a sleigh here right away. Al pushed Jing away and said, Can't, can't you just tell when an old elf's had enough? You need treatment right now. And you think I'm going to last for a sleigh ride to the North Pole? I'll get Santa himself if I have to. Al chuckled and wheezed and then spat. Oh no, that's it for me. I had a good run. I'm nearly a thousand years old, you know. I bet you still have another couple hundred. You look pretty fit and spry to me. Al laughed again, and it was cut short by a coughing fit. <coughs> I'm twelve hundred year old elf. I'd like to see that. The kid's going to be on the naughty list for sure, Jing said, attempting to keep up the jovial mood and fished out the tablet from his pouch. Al frowned, got very serious. <coughs> you gotta promise me. Y you won't report this, but you're dying. Elves die. Humans think we're toys for Santa's sake. But please, promise me you won't report this. Why? You'll ruin Christmas. Not just for him, but his parents too. Then they should have thought of that when they raised an arsonist. Jing said and opened the NNN app. <coughs> no! Al coughed and attempted to grab the tablet. Don't! They'll come for him. Who? The. The. 
Al's eyes glazed over and he went limp. Al, no, Jing said and shook his head at his fallen comrade. Stay with me, buddy. His revival efforts were futile. The old elf was too severely damaged. Jing spent a few moments considering the situation. Elijah groaned and stirred. Jing acted quickly. He tapped the NNN app. It gave him a choice between Elijah and his sister. He touched the boy's name and gave, and it gave a list of common misbehaviors. He selected other from the list and typed arson, and then he paused. Jing couldn't let it slide. Whatever was coming, Jing could handle it. He pressed the submit button. The app thanked him, and seconds later he got a notification of an inbound sleigh coming to pick him up to report to Sugar Plum for reassignment. It didn't seem right that he'd be recalled. Amelia was still on the nice list, and he was already at the house. It was a waste of time and resources to bring him back and send him out again. Jing figured that it was a protocol to prevent bias when one sibling was naughty and the other nice. Besides, Jing wasn't planning on leaving the house until he found out what had scared Al so much. The little arsonist deserved to be on the naughty list. It isn't right with Jing that elves were afraid to use as Tinsel seemed to have been afraid, just like Al. Jing poked through the tablet, looking for a way to contact Sugarplum. He wanted to explain to her that he was trained to be objective and logical. He could control his judgment better than any other elf. However, there was no way to contact anyone through the app. From her comment about email, he didn't think she would check email in time to cancel the inbound sleigh. Elijah stirred, Jing shut off his tablet, stowed it away, and then went limp. The boy opened his eyes and looked at the burnt corpse in his trash can. Cool. However, before he was able to light Jing on fire, the mother burst into the room. The look of worry on her face replaced with anger when she saw what Elijah was doing. What's going on here? She snapped. The fire went out on its own. Elijah went on the defensive. You could have burnt down the entire house, she yelled. Where did you get that? She swiped the lighter from him, and the braiding continued. Elijah's kid logic was no match for his mother, and the argument eventually ended in a grounding with more possible consequences when his father got home. In the meantime, Jing was safe because he was gathered up by his mom when she collected all the fire-starting materials and the burnt husk of Al, the mom tossed the SEF on the bed of the daughter, and he didn't see another human until she came home. The rest of the night involved a picnic with a couple of bears and Barbies. Jing stood on the roof waiting for the sleigh to arrive. He checked the app, and it looked like it was two minutes out. The neighborhood spread out around him in the dark, except for street lamps. All the Christmas lights and holiday cheer were shut down for the night while people slept. Jing was glad for the darkness. He didn't know if he could take it anymore. He didn't like any of this festive holiday lighting. The elf wanted to smash every Christmas bulb. It would be a bonus if he did it on the head of Stephen's new boyfriend. Jing was a little off-put by how violent his thoughts were getting. Despite his day job of having a regular amount of violence, he didn't really think about bloodshed when he was at work. Jing used to be able to segment the brutality of his job in his mind and keep it locked away from when he was at home with Stephen. Now that there was no home, the dark thoughts crept into his head. He was in the middle of a fantasy about strangling Julio with a wreath when two reindeer sleigh touched down on the roof. The door opened and no one came out. An elf inside poked his head out. You coming? We got places to be. I was going to tell my replacement that we didn't need him, Jing said. There ain't no replacement on this flight. 
Just a group of us who can't wait to get to the North Pole. So are you coming? No. There's still a girl on the nice list in this family. She'll need me. That don't matter. Once a kid on the naughty list, we are recalled. What about the kid on the nice list? Doesn't seem right to punish her for her brother's actions. Hey, I don't make the rules. All I know is that there are labor shortages, and Santa's gonna make guts when he can. Now are you on or off? Off. Go without me. Jing waved them away. Sue yourself. Looks like you'll have to take the bus home. The elf said and slammed the door behind him. Labor shortages or not, Jing didn't feel right about leaving the sister behind. He would have to talk to Santa about the system. Even though a global child surveillance system would be costly, it'd be better than leaving a kid behind because of their sibling. Jing was beginning to understand why Al and Tinsel were hesitant to report the naughty behavior. It also didn't seem right that a monster like Elijah could get away with murder because they were afraid to document it. Even though he would have to keep on his toes avoiding Elijah and look out for Amelia, the experience of working shelf duty was eye-opening. There seemed to be inefficiencies in the system that could be fixed with a little tweaking. Jing didn't realize his state of mind had shifted slightly until right before he went to bed in his cot in the basement. He'd spent the rest of the night strategizing a whole new spy network for Santa, and at once did he fantasize about murdering Julio. For once, he was able to shift into a different mind and drift into sleep, and he was content. Jing's SEF training roused him from sleep. He had heard noise, but it was hard to shake the dream he had moments before. He and Stephen had decided to have a baby. For reasons only known to dream logic, Stephen was dangling the baby over a cliff, and not in a malicious way. He was trying to show the kids something down below. Jing had noticed that Stephen wasn't holding the infant properly and had attempted to convey the error, but he couldn't. There was an impossible distance between him and Stephen. There was that noise again. This time it was a little clearer. The dream had slipped away entirely and he was wide awake in a dark basement. The sound he heard was thumping in the living room. It sounded as if something was dropping something in front of the fireplace. There was another thump, and then he heard footsteps. Jing jumped out of bed and grabbed his pouch with all his spy gear. He climbed the stairs and got dressed as he ascended. Jing had read about humans who would break into the houses of other humans and steal everything they could find. No one locked their doors in the North Pole, so Jing had a hard time imagining such behavior. However, with the scumbags he had taken down during his career, he wasn't surprised by it. Even though elves on a shelf duty weren't supposed to meddle in the world of people, Jing wasn't going to let anything ruin Amelia's Christmas. It was the least he could do until he could have a talk with Santa about the whole system. When he got to the top of the stairs, he opened the door and listened. He could hear the voices in the living room. He then heard thumps on the ceiling above him. The jerks were heading upstairs towards the kids' room. Jing made his way to the foot of the flight, leading to the second floor, and listened again. The intruders must have been real professionals because, other than the sounds he had heard in the living room, when they got to the place where the people were sleeping, they didn't make any noises. He climbed as quickly as he could without making a sound. What are you doing? Let me go! Jing heard Elijah's voice come from his room, followed by a muffled grunt. He remembered Al's dying words about people coming for Elijah. While there was always a chance that the old elf was severely burned and delirious, Jing had intended to take it seriously. He figured that he could have snuck out into the electronics store in the day when kids were at school 
and had been able to rig the house with hidden cameras. Whoever it was had come unusually fast, hours after when Jing would have been on the flight back to the North Pole. Regardless of who was in the room, he would stop them. Jing kicked the door open and assessed the situation in a split second. There were three figures in a mass on the ground. Two of them were standing above a lump on the floor with cattle prods, and the other was up on the bed, writing something on the wall. Jing had to assume that the mass on the ground was Elijah. He didn't give the intruders any more than a second. He chucked a green globe at the person on the bed and dashed towards the ones with the cattle prods. He kicked the weapons out of their hands. The sphere popped and knocked the one on the bed into a dresser. The intruder hit with a crunch and fell limp to the ground. The two reacted quickly and pulled out knives. It was too dark to see, but something was familiar about their weapons. Jing didn't stop to think about it. He pulled a dagger and jabbed it in the throat of the larger of the two assailants and kicked the other one. The person huffed and tumbled backward. Before Jing was able to cross the room, the guy was able to jump to his feet without the use of his arms. Whoever this guy was, he was a professional. Jing changed his trajectory at the last moment and sidestepped a knife aimed at intercepting him. They exchanged blows with each other until they were up against the opposite wall. It was an even match, and just when Jing thought his opponent would get the best of him, he juked a blow and knocked the weapon out of the intruder's hand. Jing pinned the guy to the wall and flipped on the light. That's when he realized it wasn't a guy, but an elf. A female elf. She was one of his co-workers in the SEF, which explained why she was so good. Glitter, Jing said, confused. He glanced back and noticed a large elf with a neck wound was curly. A beefy elf, he had ironically straight hair. The mangled mess from the ornament bomb was Angel. She had been painting N-A-U-G-H on the wall before Jing had intervened. There was a sack on the floor with a child-sized form inside. It wasn't bigger on the inside like Santa's or Jing's pouch. That would have killed the kid. Before Jing could question, Glitter and another team of three elves burst into the room. It was Starlight Cider and the tall, grim Eastern European elf named Kalachki. The stoic named after a pastry elf had another sack on its back. The form of the smaller kid inside. Amelia! They were attempting to take Amelia too? What's going on here? Elijah said. He had struggled his way out of the bag and managed to free himself from the bonds. It was so rare that a human managed to catch the antics of elves that everyone froze for a moment, including Jing. Glitter used the distraction. She kicked Jing in the groin, and he loosened his grip, and she slipped away. Jing only had a second to recover because three razor-sharp snowflakes twirled towards him from the three who had Amelia. He leaned back as the death flakes went over his chest and stuck in the wall behind him. Starlight pulled out a candy cane communicator and said, Cold Douglas fur! Cold Douglas fur! The renegade elves turned down the hall and ran. The bewildered Elijah said, what? What's a Douglas fur? It's a Christmas tree. More importantly, we have about a minute before this house explodes, Jing said. The kid's eyes went wide. They have my sister. You get your parents out of the house, and I'll focus on your sister, Jing said and dashed into the hall. He reached the top of the stairs and saw the elves shooting their climbing tinsel into the chimney and ascending to safety. The large elf holding Amelia was the last in line. Jing jumped up to the banister and slid down. He pulled two razor snowflakes from his pouch and flung them. One hit Cider square in the neck and the other snapped the rope of the bag held by Kalachki. The sack fell to the ground and the flake embedded into the lumbering elf's back. 
The sound of a sleigh bells could be heard from outside. Kalachi plucked a flake like it was nothing and turned to survey the situation. Jing was already halfway to Amelia and reaching into a sack for another weapon. The giant left the girl to her doom and decided to go up the chimney. Jing ran towards the bag and scooped it up. The jingle of bells was too close for comfort. He dashed towards the front where a lighter was shoving his confused parents out the door. Jing sprinted as fast as his legs could carry him. He made it out the threshold just as Glitter swooped in, standing on the bow of a sleigh. She had a ballistic Christmas tree pointed at the house. The star on the top shot forth. A cone of fire trailed behind it. The missile impacted and exploded on contact. The entire home went up in a massive ball of flame. Car alarms erupted from the shockwave, and the lights in the neighborhood turned on one by one. Jing was flung into a mass of juniper on the front lawn. He scrambled to his feet and looked around for the sack. It landed safely near him. He pulled out the confused Amelia and set to work on her bonds. The father, the mother, and Elijah watched in stunned silence while their house went up in flames. Jing had no sooner undone the girl's bonds when the sleigh came around for another pass. The Christmas tree was pointed at the three humans who were too stunned to look up. Jing had only time to save one of them. He leapt through the air and tackled Elijah. Tiny evergreen darts shot out from the weaponized tree and pelted the mother and father. They fell to the ground. Elijah pushed Jing aside and ran towards his parents and said, Mom? Dad? While the kid was kneeling down to check on his folks, Jing surveyed the sky. The sleigh was circling around for another attack. Glitter was a persistent elf. She never backed down from a fight and always doggedly pursued her target. He pulled Elijah away from his parents and went for the sister next. What are you doing? My parents need help. Amelia backed away and hid behind her brother. Your parents will be fine. They were hit by a sleeping dart, that's all. Jing said. Why would they do that? Elijah yelped. Because they want you alive. So why'd they blow up our house? Because they want me dead more. And that's what we'll all be if we don't get out of here before that slave returns. Jing pointed to the sky. The craft was just finishing the turn for another strafing run. He noticed the family car in the driveway and pointed the kids towards it. Come on. Jing yaked the children by the arms, shoved them into the vehicle, and told them to get down. He hopped in the driver's seat and tore off the panel under the steering wheel. It was completely unfamiliar. That's when he knows the car had a start button. It had been a while since he had had to hotwire a human vehicle, but when were these start buttons installed? My dad has the keys in his robe pocket, Elijah yelled, and before Jane could stop the kid, the unruly child jumped out of the car, and he ran towards the unconscious form of his parents. Glitter streaked through the sky, cackling. Tiny explosive globes shot out from the tree at the pace of a fully automatic weapon. The ground exploded behind Elijah as he ran. He skidded to a halt by the sleeping form of his father. He dug in the pocket and retrieved the keys. The killer sleigh screamed through the sky towards them. Glitter reloaded the star on top. Elijah ducked as the killer ornament burned through the air and hit the bush behind him. It exploded in a brilliant orange light. Elijah dashed towards the car and jumped into the front seat. Hit the button, Elijah yelled. It's not working, Jing said. It's a hybrid. The engine doesn't make any noise, bro. Jing thrust the vehicle into reverse and peeled from the driveway. The sleigh swerved through the sky to pursue. He put it in drive and hit the pedal. The motor roared. The car had some kick to it. They sped off as more machine gun globes pelted ground behind them. Amelia stood in the back and looked out the window. The sleigh was gaining on them as they whizzed past the homes of their neighborhood. An orderman bullet pierced the windshield and went by her head. Keep your head down, Jing said, and Amelia ducked. 
I thought you said they weren't trying to kill us, Elijah said. That's before they knew that I was still alive. You're a collateral damage kid at this point. So just drop my sister and me off. We'll risk it on our own. It wouldn't last two seconds against those hunting you down. You're safer with me. More tree gunfire clanged against the side of the car. Jing took a hard turn, and the aerial vessel easily matched them. As the high-speed sleigh chase through the sleepy Seattle suburb careened through the town, stray ammunition started Christmas displays on fire. A Rudolph dotted with light bulbs truly had a red nose as it burned. Jing couldn't shake the pursuers. He zigged and he zagged, but every time he'd lose them in an alley or through an underpass, they would fly over an obstacle and drop down back to the street level. Eventually, the family hybrid was pockmarked with bullet holes and the windshield had been reduced to pebbles of glass. Jing needed a plan, and one happened to present itself. There was an under-construction bridge up ahead that spanned a ravine. Jing hit the accelerator. He glanced into the rearview mirror and noticed glitter reloading another star. He rolled down the windshield and pulled a snow globe from his pouch and broke it on the road. A thick blizzard burst from the decoration and obscured the entire area. Jing slammed on the brakes just before they got to the edge of the bridge. What are you doing? Elijah yelled. Jump the bridge! Watch and learn, kid. Jing said and swung out of the window and landed on the roof in one fluid movement. He pulled some peanut brittle from his pouch. He licked one end of it and placed a detonator in the center. He stopped to listen. The sound of sleigh bells approached. They got louder and louder. He closed his eyes and focused on the direction they were coming from. Just at the right moment, he jumped up as the vessel appeared in the whiteout. He slammed the peanut brittle to the bottom of the craft and hit the switch. An explosion temporarily cleared the haze. He could see the burning sleigh disappear into the ravine. Jing jumped in the driver's seat and sped off in the opposite direction, leaving the flaming mass behind. Guys, I'm being very quiet now because I fed a bunch of cookies to those two elves holding me hostage. And, uh, you know, I, I think I want to get this message out to go ahead and help me. So, you know, what I did was I got a professional actor to read this book. So maybe if I get this professional actor to read this book, uh, you know, I can, I can escape. But the problem is the professional actor put it on Audible. So now... There's an audiobook of this with a professional actor that's like way better than me reading the book and, of course, not saving me from the elves. So, yeah, I guess if you want to skip ahead to the end, you can go check out Christmas Elf Secret Agent on Audible. And I guess I'm stuck here in the studio. I think they're waking up, so uh, I'll make this real quick. Aaron Hunter, he's on Mondays. I'm on Tuesdays. Well... My elves are on Tuesdays, and uh, Terry's Mysterious Moment, uh, that's Wednesdays, and then uh, Patrick Sean Jones, he's taken a little bit of a hiatus, and so uh, you will see him soon. All right, thank you for listening, and have a happy holiday season. <laughs>